I was like, hey, do you want to be my girlfriend? <laughs> and you're like, sure. And I'm like, well, there's a prerequisite here. We just didn't fully commit. I think that's probably the learning. We only had the large travel backpack and another backpack full of stuff. We moved to Encinitas like a week before the pandemic kicked off. The leading contender for a big part of that was Austin. And I think this was actually a source of conflict between us. We got a like therapist. There's this long intellectual battle. I think I was pretty miserable. And I actually think I would have been dramatically less happy there. It was just like this wave of, holy shit, did we really do that? A guy shows up at the door with a bag. He's like, are you Calvin? And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, the only person who smiled at me was the homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Shit You Don't Learn in School podcast. This is Calvin Rosser. And this is Staff Smith. And today we're going to be talking about moving to San Francisco. We're back. <laughs> we're back again. <laughs> again, after a long hiatus. Cal, what happened? What happened? Well, I guess we moved and then we decided not to do the podcast for a bit. And now we're all settled in. And I think we're ready to just get back after it. So that's all that happened. Yeah. So we're back. We're recording in our new SF home, which is funny. Isn't it weird how being in a new place kind of like this feels different? Feels like a new podcast. Honestly, it feels the same to me because my setup <laughs> is extremely similar to the last place. Yeah, I guess for the listeners, Cal has our office and I am recording in our kitchen with I'm actually using his recently bought Harry Potter series novel set as my as my prop to lift up. Oh my yeah, mic. maybe maybe that's what happened. I, I got really lost in the Harry Potter series. Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take you to read? Eleven days. Eleven long, long days. And then we watched the movies. But anyway, we're back. We're doing the podcast again. And we thought, similar to some of the other episodes we've done in the past, we'd give you a little window into the last few months and making a pretty big decision, at least for us being previously nomadic in moving to SF full time. Where do you want to start? Let's start with how we even got to the decision, which I guess brings us back to Encinitas, where we spent three full years. And I guess, when is the last time prior to Encinitas that you spent three years somewhere? I guess in the place where I was growing up, so in high school, and then I guess college as well, technically, I was there for But four even years. college, where you have summers off, at least I was traveling abroad. So I think for me, it was definitely before college. Yeah, I really hadn't been anywhere for more than, I think, six or eight months. As context there, we were both nomadic, right? We were both for basically post-college onward. I graduated in 2015. Did you also graduate in 2015? Yeah. I always get confused because you're a year older. But we both graduated in 2015. And then we both spent a year somewhere. For me, it was Toronto. Then for you, it was New York. And then we were nomadic and like truly nomadic for a while spending a week or two in most places, and then slowing down a little bit to maybe like a month or two in many places. And then fast forward, I guess, we moved to Encinitas like a week before the pandemic kicked off. Wild. 
Wild, wild, wild. <laughs> yeah, I guess for more context, I had tried to live in Denver, Colorado at some point, and that was a failure. I just wasn't strong enough to be the mountain man that I needed to be to find <laughs> happiness there. And then actually, like right before we started dating, I was flying to New Zealand to go see you to see if we wanted to kick something up again. And I stopped over in Encinitas and I was actually supposed to come to San Francisco instead. And I completely bypassed that part of the trip because I loved my time in Encinitas so much. I fell in love with the place. It was like immediately felt like home, which was something I had been searching for. And it was just odd to feel so at peace in a place after wandering around for so many years. And I really wanted to come back because I had a great time after our trip in New Zealand and Australia. And that's actually how we ended up there. It was almost just this random thing where I did this Google search and I'm like, oh, I want to surf for a week. Where can I go? And Encinitas came up on some listicle. So mm -hmm. I flew there and there's this co-living space and it was just totally random. But then I don't Wait, know, it really captured why don't my you, heart. Uh, why don't you explain what Encinitas is? Because I, I feel like the listener breakdown will be maybe five to 10% have heard of it. A fraction of that have been there and they're going to be like, I love Encinitas. We always hear that when people are like, oh yeah, I've been, it's the best. And then a majority of the audience are going to be like, sorry, Insa, what? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I think you're the only person I've met that doesn't like Encinitas. <laughs> we'll get <laughs> there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I mean, what is it? It's just a small coastal town. It's 40 minutes north of San Diego. It has a sleepy surfer vibe, but it's really just like a pretty chill community. It's in between San Diego and LA. And so it's just like a coastal California town. I guess I've since learned that there's other towns somewhat like that, but it's uh, it's definitely not a city. It's a small town, but beachy vibe. Yeah, it's definitely a small town, which I actually liked the idea at first. And I, I remember going there for the first time and thinking, oh, this has, it's kind of like Changu in ways. It's like very surfy, but there's lots of cafes you can work from. You can get smoothie bowls places and fixating on some very specific things. But I remember thinking it was quite nice as well when we first went. And I think actually maybe something that's important to mention is that because we were nomadic, we've been so many places. And even though many were great, I think it was actually a big deal for you to find somewhere where you're like, I want to spend a long time here. Yeah, it just combined a bunch of things. I think I had Denver taught me that I like the mountains, but that ultimately, like, I needed to be in a place that was near water. And this place is Encinitas, right on on the coast. And so that was something that kind of hit me, and something that was like a through line of the places I really enjoyed when I was nomadic. And then there was this other aspect of it being in the U.S. It was a good surf town. It wasn't too built up, and I don't know. I was just looking for like a a sleepy vibe is not the right answer, but a chill place, one that wasn't just fueled by ambition like New York City. Right. Well, actually, I think maybe one of the learnings is that there are, I guess, two sides to the coin, right? Where it's like, you can be looking for a chill vibe, but what often comes with chill is sleepy, right? There's like aspects of Encinitas that I think we uncovered with time, which we, it's not so much couldn't have predicted, but we weren't lasering in on those things when we moved there. I think when we moved to SF, we had a much more holistic understanding of what we were looking for. And we were like more cognizant of some of the byproducts that come with, you know, chill, for example. 
Yeah, I think a part of what you're talking about, there's actually a time component. So there are some places I think I learned with my travels that I would love to just visit for a week or two and other places that I would be more comfortable living for a year or two. And I think when you get into that sleepy component, that might be something that's like a nice reprieve for a couple of months. But when you start living there for a couple of years, there's significant downsides, which we Mm -hmm. saw. Yeah. Okay. So before we jump into why we moved and why we chose SF, which is the bulk of this episode, why don't we talk about our Encinitas experience? What was your takeaway? Or maybe you could even talk about the arc of the three years. Well, I guess I'd start with after that first time that I visited and wanted to return, you and I went to New Zealand and Australia. And I think at the end of that trip, we decided, oh, we want to try to date. And I also wanted to move to Encinitas at the same time. And so you came with me when we went back. It was like December of 2019. And I was like, hey, do you want to be my girlfriend? (laughs) And you're like, sure. And I'm like, well, there's like a prerequisite here, which is I want to move to this town. And I think you were actually in a different place in terms of what you wanted out of your location flexibility and stuff. But you decided to join me and take like a final trip to Bali. And so then we came to Encinitas and found an apartment in March of 2020, which was so happened to time right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. I remember us being in a temporary apartment and just looking at the COVID numbers ticking up and being like, oh God, I was supposed to go to Mexico after. And I was like, I don't know if this is happening. And of course it didn't happen as in that trip because COVID really took off. But I think even reflecting back when you would convince me to come to Encinitas, it was kind of open-ended, like certainly not me agreeing to three years there, although that was a joint decision to end up doing that. It's just interesting how, you know, you can be nomadic for so many years and then this pandemic hits and then it's like, oh, I guess I'm living in this sleepy surf down for three years. Yeah, I think that was one of the problems actually that we face in terms of like actually staying there for a while, which is when we decided to go there, there was no commitment to like, oh, we're going to be here for a year or be there for two years because we were so used to just going to places for a while. But I think one of the big initial things was when we moved there, we had to get an apartment with a year lease. And I know that you were pretty resistant to that idea at first. And even I was like, damn, is there some temporary way to live here? Because I mean, one thing, there was the commitment. But then the second thing is we only had the large travel backpack and another backpack full of stuff. So we certainly Mm -hmm. didn't have everything it took to move into an apartment. We didn't really know if we wanted to. It was like this gray area where the pandemic was happening and we're like, oh, I guess we're going to be holed up here for a while. But we didn't know how long. And then we were, do we want to buy knives and forks? Yeah, probably. But do we also want to buy like cabinets and other things that are more permanent? Like we truly, (laughs) I don't know. I was just trying to think of something bigger. I guess the apartment had cabinets, but like, like a dresser. We went without a dresser forever. We actually went without a, um, what's it called? A bed, bed frame. frame. A bed frame. You knew exactly what I was talking about because we had friends visit like six months in and we're like, we were so excited to show them our apartment <laughs> because we never had one. And looking back, they were probably like, what What are you doing? Like, you don't have a bed frame. Your, your apartment looks like shit. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we went very slowly because we went from living out of a backpack and then not knowing if we wanted to return to that life. 
Yeah. And I think that was one of the adjustments as well. So there's this tension of not knowing, but then there's also this learning period of, oh, how do you actually fill an apartment and buy the right things and actually create a space that you enjoy being in? And so during that three years, I think actually one of the learning things and progressions was, oh, what is it that I want or don't want in a place? So the actual apartment itself, the location, et cetera. But then also, how do you want to furnish that place or interact with it? And one of the maybe mistakes that we made with Encinitas in particular is I think we spent too much time inside, which was somewhat <laughs> of a byproduct, which was somewhat of a byproduct of getting started in a weird way with the pandemic where you're literally like faced with lockdowns. Well, I think we just didn't fully commit. I think that's probably the learning is that even if we think about the way we furnished our apartment, eventually, like you made money on our couch because you got some used couch, which was surprisingly nice for very little. And then you ended up selling it for more after. But that was an example of the way we saw things, which was we aren't staying here permanently, which is kind of like a chicken or egg kind of thing. Where it's like it was already written in a way. And because of that, we, you know, we got all of our furniture or other things from Ikea, the place we were staying wasn't super nice. Like we didn't really jump in and say, Hey, we're going to make this amazing. And who knows, maybe it could have worked out. I still don't think Encinitas was the right place for us at that point in time. But ultimately, I guess let's jump forward to what ended up happening. We spent three years there, but when would you say that we started even thinking about maybe not spending longer there? Well, I think it was different for both of us. I feel like you were there like three months in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think so. The pandemic kind of sucked, um, which is interesting because in our minds, we're like, oh, or at least in my mind, I'm like, the pandemic really sucked. And then you talk to other people and it sucked for everyone, it seems in a way. So maybe that wasn't Encinitas specific. But I would say, yeah, maybe like a year in when things started opening back up and then we started to seek some of the things we had been missing, like community, I just really struggled to build that. I think we talked about this on a prior episode, just like making friends as an adult. And I think Encinitas, it was special in some ways in that it was, you know, like perfect weather, perfect waves, um, very chill. It attracted a certain type of person. And I just... I don't know. I really struggled to find community there. And then I would say between year one and year two, I tried to like lean in more. I got an electric bike. I went to all these workout classes and, you know, I, I wouldn't say I fully committed, but I committed a lot more to seeing if I could make it work. And then I'd say between year two and three, <laughs> I think I was in hindsight and truly in hindsight, because I didn't realize until we moved to SF, I think I was pretty miserable. And we, uh, I guess that eventually led to me pushing you to seeing if we could go somewhere else. Yeah, definitely. After a year of being there, there was, it was clear that we didn't have enough friends to be happy socially, but there was still this almost like hope that, oh, the pandemic is now like past its peak. Maybe we can integrate more here. And that kind of didn't end up happening between years one and three. And we actually spent a ton of time traveling to different places. In mm -hmm. fact, last year we were on the road more than six months of 
our entire year. So we were just bouncing around a lot. And I think some of that was, oh, we wanted to go explore and see the world again. But another thing was just like being at home is lonely and isolating. And it was actually more fun to go on the road to see friends or see new places and get some of that diversity. And I think now looking at our experience in SF, we actually aren't traveling as much uh, for various reasons. But I think one of them is we're actually more socially fulfilled. And so there isn't that desire to escape. And that wasn't all that clear, I think, when we were doing that at the time. Yeah, I think one learning for me is that I think I I do really crave being social. It doesn't have to be a permanent community, but something that feels regular in a way, or there's people who know me, who I know, and we do things together. That sounds so simple, but that's what community is. And I think we... At some point in Encinitas, we just realized how hard it was to build community there. And so we were still half trying, but then instead we just, we supplemented the lack of community there by looking elsewhere. But that didn't really solve our problem because then we were on the road and we were almost like making an excuse for the fact that like, oh, I'm socially fulfilled from my travels or like visiting friends elsewhere. And so we are okay with holing up in Encinitas for the other part of the year. But that didn't, again, they didn't really solve the problem of not having community there. Yeah. So I think by the end, both of us were pretty socially unfulfilled. And then for a long time, we were talking about where to live. And I think this is where we can talk about how we got to San Francisco. But the leading contender for a big part of that was Austin. And I think this was actually a source of conflict between us. Because I was like, oh, Austin is kind of like Denver and that it's pretty far from the ocean. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. But in your mind, you had spent a couple of years in a place that maybe you didn't want to be and that wasn't everything that you wanted. And it was like, hey, it's my time to make a decision. And I would expect that you make a sacrifice to go to this other place, Austin, where it seemed like we might be able to have a more vibrant community, which I think is the problem that we were trying to solve. And Well, I should say, I wasn't trying to force you to be somewhere you didn't want to be, but it was more like, okay, can we find somewhere we're both at least okay with? And then for a period of time, can we do an experiment that I'm really excited about? And maybe you are a little less excited about. And I felt like that was Austin, but I also feel like in hindsight, once we found SF, which sounds so silly, because obviously it's like, you know, to many people, it'd be an obvious option given what we do for work. Um, it became more clear to me how much you didn't want to do Austin because there was just a whole different excitement way of engaging around it. But we'll get there. Um, I guess one thing that I think we should cover is how we even got to the point where we were like, we're definitely moving because I think we were wishy-washy for a long time. In fact, I'm in a visa process right now, and we heard that it might delay the visa process for a while if we moved. And so we were even going to potentially spend year four in Encinitas, which I'm very glad we didn't do now that we've moved. But what ended up happening was kind of a stroke of luck in a way, because we had decided to stay, and then basically our whole apartment complex got evicted because they were doing like major renovations. It was bought by some other company. And so we basically got this letter on our door being like, you have to leave within 90 days. 
which I just think in hindsight was like, how cool that that happened. It was such a nice thing for us because I actually think we were both really struggling to like the same way we struggled to fully commit to Encinitas. We also really struggled to fully uncommit to Encinitas and just call that experiment, at least in this phase of our life. I don't want to say a failure, but it was ending. Yeah, maybe there was a little bit of a Stockholm syndrome thing. We just kept going back to the thing that wasn't making us happy. But I think the interesting part of the commitment versus not commitment thing is we had committed to staying there for a year, which was an actual decision that I think we were both happy with while you were going through this visa process. And then weeks after we come to that resolution, we get this essentially (laughs) eviction notice. And we had just been in San Francisco like a week before we got that notice. And I think the timing of all that is interesting as well, because I think that deeply shaped our decision making and it all feels somewhat like randomness, but the world just works in this really funny, interesting way. Yeah, I know. In a way, the last couple of years feels like, you know, when people say that we have no free will, I mean, it does feel like we've just been kind of rolling with the punches. And I guess once we decided, or really someone else decided, some random company that bought this complex decided to boot us out and we had to oblige, we then had to move somewhere. And that gave us a kick in the butt to say, where do we really want to live? And I guess we can jump into how we decided ultimately on SF. I think we spent a few weeks just talking through different options. We knew Austin was on the radar. You seem to want to move down to San Diego, the city, because I should say that Encinitas is about 40 minutes from the city. So we had made some friends in the city, but just rarely saw them because it was just too far. So my choice was Austin. Your choice was San Diego. And then I just remember, I feel like we were driving one day and San Francisco came up because as you said, we had just been there. And it was just this little, like, it just felt different in both of our reactions to it. It was almost like, you know, when you're younger and you like someone and you're like trying to figure out if they like you too, and you just get little tidbits of information like, oh, wait, like, oh, you want to go on a date with me? Okay, like, let's let's do it. It was kind of like that where I remember being like, oh, wait, you're you're into this idea of San Francisco? And you're like, wait, are you into this idea of San Francisco? <laughs> um, and it turned out we both were, which is strange because I don't think either of us thought the other person thought it was a good idea. Yeah, it was kind of beautiful because there's this long intellectual battle of where to live. And I think it's funny because you almost can't think your way where to live. I have met people who have like created spreadsheets of the ideal place with the location, cost, tax structure, blah, 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 all the things you can think about with where to live. But there was that just moment, whether it was in the car or wherever it was, where I do, I remember that as well, just like being like, oh, you're cool with San Francisco? Ooh, San Francisco has like an ocean. <laughs> I know a lot of people there. And in fact, b- right before, I ended up in Encinitas, my leading contender of where I was going to live was San Francisco. And it was specifically because I was lonely in Denver friend-wise, and I had a large group of friends in SF. And I had been to the city many times before, and I didn't like parts of it. And I didn't really see it as like my best city in the same way that like a place like Encinitas really resonated. But then when this came up again, I'm like, oh, this is this actually makes a lot of sense. And it kind of made sense 
all along. <laughs> <laughs> there was just a little detour to a little surf town called Encinitas, but um, we should talk about what ultimately drove us there. Cause I think we, we did think about this pretty deeply, but first maybe what's interesting is what drove us away from San Francisco. Like if we're talking about this detour, I do think both of us had certain ideas about the city, which maybe didn't pan out to be true. But like for me, for example, I spent way too much time on Twitter <laughs> as a, you know, that's one thing where the, the city is painted in ways that are true. For example, there definitely is a homeless problem, in my opinion, but it also really amplified it in a way where it, it felt like it was like the whole city is messed up, right? It's dangerous everywhere kind of sentiment. And so that was like one idea. And then similarly, the city is quite extreme in some of its political beliefs, or some people are, but again, it was painted in a way where it was like everyone you interact with will be a certain way. And maybe to some people it would be like, well, obviously it's not that way, Steph. But the city really for a while, in my opinion, was painted in quite a negative light. And again, there are definitely some true undertones to those assertions. But I think our reality here has been much different. Yeah, I think the Twitter narrative is basically... SF used to be a great city. Now it's a hellscape that is overtaken by violence, homelessness, and like really liberal, woke politics that don't actually solve problems and make them worse. That's kind of like a tech libertarian Twitter take on San Francisco that's quite popular. And then during the pandemic, it was like everyone's moving now that you can work remotely and people were only there because all the tech jobs were there. And now they're moving to Austin and Miami and other places to get more freedom, lower taxes, and an escape from this hellscape that everyone is allowing to happen. That's like the basic narrative. And I think my perspective on it was a little bit different in that I have a bunch of friends in San Francisco and had spent a decent amount in the time in the city going back and forth. And I was like, okay, yeah, some of that's true. I think I undervalued how nice parts of it were now, now that we're here. But at the same time, my resistance to it actually came the first time I visited SF. I thought I was going to absolutely love it. This was in like 2014 or 2015. And I'm like, oh, why wouldn't I like the city with like decent weather and ocean? I got friends here, blah, blah, blah. And when I got to San Francisco, for whatever reason, I just didn't love it. And in the times I visited and I even lived here for seven weeks at one point, I just wasn't mm -hmm. like really attracted to it that much as I was other places. And I think that feeling is still somewhat the same. It was almost like a resistance to a city life. That mm -hmm. is what I was not into as a person. But there was something like I deeply undervalued in terms of just thinking about it in terms of like the actual structure of it being a city. Right. Also, SF, more than most cities I've been to, feels like the city itself is so different in different areas. And I didn't appreciate that where I'd come only for work before and they like hold you up downtown or somewhere in the mission, which aren't the nicest areas. And that's also, you know, where all the homeless people happen to be. And it's just, yeah, like big, tall buildings, kind of like New York. And I didn't realize because I had never been to the other areas, what life could be like. And I feel like because we had come to SF, a few times right before we decided to move, 
we got little inklings of that, like little windows into what SF is in different areas that I just didn't know. And so I guess once we had decided potentially to move to SF, like we had learned in a way that our move to Encinitas was not correct for us at the time and maybe to think about things in a new way. And so what do you feel like we we did better this time? Well, I think the most important thing was making a joint decision. So we went from being like boyfriend, girlfriend to eventually getting married while we were in Encinitas. So there was an escalation of the relationship and I think the commitment there. And then I think there was... We got a therapist. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we got a therapist to help us think through some of this stuff, which is super helpful. But it really was like the most important first thing was a joint decision. Hey, where do we both want to live? And it's not, hey, I want to live here and you should sacrifice to live here. Or, hey, I want to live here and this is an ultimatum. It was like, can we come to a joint decision on some place that we would both be reasonably happy with for one reason or another? And San Francisco hit that bucket for both of us for different reasons. And so that was number one. And then number two, by the nature of living in Encinitas and seeing some of the shortcomings there of our actual physical place, the way we set that up, and then the actual city itself, I think in terms of deciding on a neighborhood of where to live in San Francisco, we knew the vibe we were looking for, the things that we needed around us. And then the actual apartment itself, we were like, hey, we want to have more natural lighting and we want this amount of space. And there was just like certain things about the actual apartment that. Well, we spent the three years in our Encinitas apartment and we basically started taking note of all the things. And there weren't many, but the important things that we were like, next place we go, we're doing this different. So one of them was a dishwasher, which was very important to me because I was the family dishwasher and you were the family laundry man. And there was other things, like you said, having natural light, um, even though we aren't close to the ocean, being close to something nice outdoors. So we're near parks now. Those were important to us. And then I think from the macro perspective, we also knew things we wanted to be close to. So I wanted to be close to cafes. You probably wanted to be close to some sort of gym that you like. We wanted to be near-ish the water so you could go surfing. And then I happened to have a work trip coming up where I'd be going back to SF. And I'm really glad we did this. You had done some research on the different areas of SF that we were debating. And then I just basically spent a day going around to all the different areas. And it's so crazy because you can look on Google Maps And you can see, oh, this area has a bunch of cafes or this area is a little different to the next. You can even go on Street View and in a way see it. But it just felt so clear as I was going through different areas, what I liked, what I didn't like, and all the just like tiny things I was noticing. And so I guess we'll probably play some of this in the episode. But I recorded these voice notes that I sent to you after each area. So I didn't forget just, again, truly the vibe (laughs) or the feeling of of being in any given area. And then from there, it's kind of crazy because it became so clear that one area in particular was right for us. And that's where we ended up moving. Yeah. And something I want to double down on there is in terms of making the decision to move here, the premise was that we would come for one year and run it as an experiment, a contrained experiment. And this was also in reaction to Encinitas being this open-ended thing that 
caused a lot of strife because we didn't know when we would leave because it was open-ended. And so it was like, hey, we're going to be here for a year. We may be here for longer. The ultimate goal is to find some place that we're like happy and want to live and maybe want to own a home and all that. And San Francisco may or may not be that. And so part of that experiment is not moving to the place that people move after they've been in the city for seven years, but it was to put ourselves in the best possible place and maybe even pay a premium to do that so that we would get a really good experience in the city and see what the best version of that was like instead of trading off and being like, hey, we want to save an extra couple hundred bucks a month to be in some other place. I think we were willing to pay a premium to give the city its like best shot at convincing ourselves that it was a good place to live. Yeah. Even though we had only decided that we were definitely staying for a year, I think just having that clear time box was like, okay, we're spending at least a year here. We don't want to be miserable for another year. Let's learn from our mistake of not committing to a place and just like really commit. Like, what do we have to do to make this hopefully awesome? Mm -hmm. So I guess we'll play some of these clips. This is me walking around San Francisco and we might bleep out some stuff. So we retain some privacy, but this was, I think, a, a pretty important exercise we did. All right, I am walking in nice, quite residential. There were one or two nice cafes that I ran into. A little bit of a hipster vibe. It's quiet. Maybe a little too residential for us. It does feel quite safe. All right, so I just explored. It feels fancier for some reason. There are some newer homes, but also just, you know, those fancy looking townhouses or apartments you see in New York. I've seen a few of those, and even just the, the shops here, they're like fancy art or furniture stores or jewelry stores, or there are some you know, bookstores or barbershops, but it feels like it's from... I don't know, almost like a small town in Canada. That's what it reminds me of. I don't really think this is our place. It feels like it's also oriented around maybe someone in their 40s. But I don't know, it kind of feels like a, a blast from the past. There's there's like diners and an old theater. And, and I mean, it's nice in a way, but I don't know if there would be much for us to do here. It was really nice. I think it was the first of the areas that I went through where I thought we might want to live there. There were cafes. It was the right mix kind of between residential, but also just a few things going on. And um, it still felt very safe. And I don't know, it just had like a, a nice vibe, at least compared to more. And also, um, I guess is a little closer to the city, which is nice. And I will say that it didn't feel unsafe at all. Like we start seeing more like security cameras on homes, but nothing crazy. As I kept walking to, um, that's where, I don't know, uh, that's where it felt more like a city, I guess you could say. It, um, it, it had some like cool thriftiness to it, and obviously there's some nice, here, but it didn't feel 
like the place you love it. It felt kind of more like what you'd imagine if you were living in a place like Austin, like more apartment buildings, and um, just didn't have kind of the quaint vibe of other parts of San Francisco. And there wasn't really any anything drawing me. Okay, so this is part one of and surrounding area. So overall, I think this is definitely the closest to what we would want. I feel like it's the right combination between residential and like really nice homes and people walking around with dogs and feel safe. But then also, yeah, there are a lot of cafes and stuff around here. The parks are really nice. Even though it's really small on a map, it's actually pretty big and really nice and like the type of place you could go sit down and have a picnic. And yeah, it's, it just feels kind of trendy, but also safe. There's this one street that I'm on right now. I don't know what it's called, but feels the most lively even compared to what um, I saw in the other locations. I'm going to keep walking to the street that you told me about, so I'll record something else then, but so far I think this is our best bet. Okay, final voice memo. I walked on the street you highlighted and I checked it out. It's not actually that busy. There are definitely like cool things here or there. There was this one cafe called which looked really nice and busy and there might have been another brewery. Um, it's nice to know it's there because it definitely was a little more lively, but overall I actually thought area was the most lively that was my favorite area we wouldn't want to live on that street but just knowing it's there being close to it which by the way that whole area is really quite walkable so that's where i'd look and um i think the parks are a huge value add so if we can be near one i think we'd really like it so after i went to sf how did we actually find a place yeah. So basically we had a core area that we wanted. I spent my time on Zillow looking for places and there really weren't that many that fit our needs, but we were doing this from afar and actually we had to find a place within like a month. So there was time constraints there, couldn't wait forever. And there was one place that popped up and I really liked it. <laughs> you were a bit more skeptical on it. Well, it was smaller than our original place in Encinitas. and. Yeah, I just was like, are we going to be able to fit? But it's funny because we ended up going with it after some strife. And we we have friends come over now and they're like, oh, this place is bigger. Like, congratulations. And we're like, what? <laughs> it's actually less square footage. Yeah, so that ended up working out. But I think actually one of the interesting parts of that process is we had a friend in the city who actually went and saw it for us. And she took a video and that confirmed some of my suspicions that it was pretty much the perfect place for us. And eventually you kind of got on board with that. But I think actually something really important there is the fact that we had a friend in the city, someone who could actually go see the apartment and do that for us, like something that a good friend might decide to do. And that alone was like a different experience than Encinitas, where we probably couldn't have called anyone to like go get our mail or like do us a favor. And I think that was like an initial sign that there was something different or that would be different about our experience here. Yeah, I think, you know, moving on maybe to the learnings section of 
what it's like now. We're now living in SF. We went through this whole process of living in Encinitas for three years, deciding on a place, and then executing. I think we really underestimated. It sounds so silly, but like how important it is to have a group of friends around you because you can feel operational and quote unquote fine while you're living and doing things. And I had a lot of work friends during that period and we traveled a lot to a lot of our friends around the world. But in the day to day, I don't think I felt that miserable in Encinitas. But as soon as I left and we moved to SF, it was almost this wave of like, oh my God, was I really spending three years in that environment? I'm reminded of a different way of living, which was to be surrounded by people who want to see you, but also things that you want to do just really close by. And it was just like this wave of, holy shit, did we really do that? Yeah, I think that sort of speaks to something people may experience in a place, but also in a relationship that they finally get out of and they're like, holy shit, like I was really unhappy in that or a job could fit this bill as well. But sometimes like when you're in the trenches of doing something, you just get used to being like having a lower level of happiness for a long period of time. And that default can sort of continue for inertia or other reasons or the fear of actually leaving what's comfortable and known for what is unknown, but might be better for you. And I think you had that experience like pretty palpably and went through this big transition of realizing how big sad you were in this one place and then adjusting to this new reality of being in a new place. I had actually, I had a somewhat different experience, but also a profound one in the sense of just immediately feeling a lot happier on an overall daily basis because I had many good friends around. And I actually didn't realize how much socializing I would be doing in San Francisco. And you're a socialite many... now. <laughs> I, <don't>, I, <laughs> I wouldn't call myself a socialite, but I'm almost over socialized now, or that's more the default path without having to try that hard, where I was like completely under socialized. And that that has been so much more important toward my daily satisfaction than being in a place that was like immediately close to surfing. Like Encinitas was perfect. I could walk to the surf break within two minutes. Here, it's this big old schlep where I have to drive and wear a wetsuit with a hood and the waves are kind of crummy, but I'm still actually going out even on some weeks. You go out more here. Yeah, I go go out more and it eats more of my time, but I, I go out with friends here and I've kind of adjusted to that. And the same thing, like the weather in Encinitas is perfect and San Francisco weather is pretty meh from my perspective, like 10 degrees too cold all the time. We got to spend a year in Toronto just to <laughs> shape you up. Yeah. To, to get the the contrast. But even that, like, that's just not as important as like, I don't know, today we had a friend reach out and was just, we, we didn't have any plans. I think we're going to kind of chill and produce some creative work. We got a project we're spinning up, but then they're like, Hey, like we have this little event we want to host. Like, do you want to come? That almost never happened in Encinitas, but it does here. And just having that option of people who know you, care about you, want to hang out with you, that's just, it has to be (laughs) maybe the most important thing. I know. And again, it sounds so simple, but I do think there's a lot of people in adulthood who just accept that, hey, I'm an adult now and maybe my social life 
isn't what it used to be, or I'm not as close with friends as I was before. But I think that you can kind of accept that and and be probably less happy than you realize, or you can prioritize it. And even like, it wasn't just moving to SF for us. Again, it was the area we chose that was close enough to things that were walkable and bikeable. And, you know, we figured out where our friends were. And I think that was for us in this new stage post Encinitas, we had realized that was the biggest thing missing for us. And so we just like put it as our number one and we optimized around that. You know, if there were a few learnings, one, it was like prioritizing that. Two, it was actually committing to something, which was very, very hard to do being a nomad, which, you know, like the epitome of non-committal. But I think we learned maybe even through marriage as well, that committing can be a good thing. Yeah. And to add to that, I think one of the things when you actually get the most important things to you, like maybe friendship is not the most important thing in your life, but if it is, when you have that and that need is fulfilled, like all the other things that I think people think about in terms of why they would or would not live in a city, like, oh, you know, San Francisco has really high taxes. And so I take home less of my income. But those factors that I think a lot of people talk about actually become a lot less important when that core need of like being socialized in our case is met. Like those little downsides just aren't the driver of daily satisfaction. And I think when you're thinking in abstract and trying to basically think your way into a problem that's built on your internal emotional sense of satisfaction, you can make the wrong decision by over-prioritizing things that are like obvious. Things like, oh, the weather's not perfect, or there's this narrative about the city or what, whatever you may be thinking about, I think sometimes thinking can actually lead you astray is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And we're both much happier here, which on your end is a bit of a surprise because we both thought that this would be a little bit of a, Steph is going to be much happier. Cal is going to be maybe equal or less happy because you really loved instantiness. But I think it shows that, yeah, it's a, uh, some of that social aspect is really, really important. And to your point, I think we both feel not just more fulfilled in that area, but like more creative and like excited and energetic around basically everything else. Yeah. And there's like other interesting things where I thought by being in a more social place is one of the reasons I refuse to live in New York City. I would be drinking and unhealthy in different ways because that's how people interact. But it turns out like there's not as big of a drinking culture in this city. And actually just by having like my social needs met, I'm not like sitting at home drinking a glass of wine, (laughs) trying to write the next great novel or anything. I actually am drinking less than I was in Encinitas, which is more of a personal thing to me, but I think speaks to an overall, like the results of being satisfied in your life is that you end up kind of not using other coping mechanisms to make up for that dissatisfaction. You no longer need uh, some writing lubricant. It's just a <laughs> yeah. life experience. Um, cool. Anything else you want to add? Well, in this I new just... SF home? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, a couple other surprising things. Like I made this point a little bit earlier, but as you mentioned, there are real problems in the city with like crime, homelessness. There is a little bit of a wacky, I think, political set of ideas that flows around here. But in truth, like in my daily experience, those things rarely come up and are not actually 
driving that much of my day-to-day life. And I think part of that is like where we live. We live in an area that is not in the middle of the tender line, which I think if you walk tender through there, line. the the what? Did you say tender line? I heard tender line, but it's tender loin. Oh, which is not in the middle of the tender loin. <laughs> We're keeping that in. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> which is not in the middle of the tenderloin. If you only visited there, you might be like, oh, what happened here? And I think that can be like a little crude to say, which is like, oh, you just ignore parts of the city. But I think at the same time, you just can't judge a place by the worst possible section of that place, which is, I think, what a lot of people do with San Francisco. Sometimes they do it with people, but it's essentially taking a very uncharitable view of a place and it can misguide you in terms of you're thinking about it or what you think your experience might be. And then the other very surprising to me is San Francisco, while it's a city, it has like, you know, diverse restaurants, which is an amazing plus after living in a, a small oh, coastal the food town. food is so much better here. Food is much better, which is great. I wouldn't say it's like my most important thing, but it's definitely like a plus. The thing that surprised me the most is the city actually feels like being in nature in most parts of it. So there's a lot of amazing parks. I think some of the best parks in the world are here. But even just walking around the streets of like residential neighborhoods, there are so many trees and plants and like a diversity of fauna that just makes it feel a little bit less overwhelmed that you can get in like a city like New York. And you almost mm-hmm. feel like you're kind of walking around in a nature place. And that that really has been something that surprised me in terms of connecting me with nature despite being in a city. And then obviously I go surfing four or five times a week. So I'm getting out. You got the ocean. your whale friends, your dolphin friends, your yeah. seal friends. You get your you got you got all types of community. That's right. Uh, you know, I I'm just going to make a quick pitch here. People think surfing is a big, scary thing and and there's all these sharks around. And I guess that that's true in some ways. But like I regularly have dolphins pop up like five to 10 feet away from me. And it is just like a really special experience. And I wish more people had that. Well, if we've got any SF listeners who happen to like surfing, maybe they can hit you up. But I think your point on SF being way more beautiful is actually really really important because like I I have way too many flower pictures on my phone and like building pictures because it really is such a beautiful city but that's not the point the point is that I certainly had judged the city by just a few areas as I mentioned before and if you are debating moving somewhere go spend time in all of the areas you know we were going to do that for Austin right if if we were going to move there is to go and try out a bunch of different areas either on one trip or doing Airbnb for a month and then switching. Just because I do think even again, you can drop yourself in on Google Maps, you can ask friends, but there's all these nuggets. Like the area that we ended up moving to was not necessarily one of the most recommended, but it was recommended by a few people I really trusted who I was like, oh, you have good taste. And they were always like, oh, this is the underrated area. Anyway, that's all to say that there have been many surprising things. And one of them is that SF is like shockingly beautiful. Yes. And now that we've been here for, I think, four or five months, I actually went to Austin on a couple day trip just to almost evaluate our counter thesis. What would happen if we moved to this city? And I'd been to Austin before, but now I was looking at it from the lens of what would it be like to live here? And I actually think I would have been dramatically less happy there. I think it has one good thing over San Francisco. Do you know what that one thing is? 
people are more fit. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Actually, people in San Francisco and Austin are more fit, but Austin has like a lot of longevity people. Are you saying that's a good thing or well, too many ice baths? It, yeah, there's <laughs> too many ice baths and pe- people telling me that I, I can't wear sunscreen because it's going to give me cancer or something. But mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I actually like the longevity stuff, but it was more, I actually think if I was a little bit younger and not married and I didn't have a group of friends in either San Francisco or Austin, Austin would be a better place to move because on average, there was just a greater welcoming friendliness to the city and people. And it felt actually, even in a couple of days, they're very easy to meet people if I was in that space. And I think it's very much like a city of people coming in, trying to connect. And it has like a young feel because it's a college town as well. Whereas San Francisco, I don't actually feel that people are that warm and welcoming and friendly. We came here with a base of friends which are very nice, awesome, good people. And I think that made my experience and and your experience like really good here from the start. And I think that was awesome to have. But if I was coming here cold, like just as a recent college grad, I actually think it'd be harder to integrate into the city than Austin. We have to end off on our very first interaction in San Francisco. Well, actually, there's two things. The first is that the day after we moved here, you went on a walk and um, <laughs> you used to go on these walks in Encinitas and there was this beautiful street called Neptune where people would walk barefoot and, you know, the kind of people who wake up at 6 a.m. to walk their dog or they're like four dogs and they're like trotting along and you smile and you say, hey, good morning. And it's like really warm. They've got their coffee. And I never engaged in this because I never woke up at 6 a.m. But you would do this and then you went on a walk in SF and you came back and you're like... The only person who smiled at me was the homeless man. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was like the best line, but also you were very sad because you missed that warmth. But the other story, which is equally representative of what you could say is the coldness of cities in general, but, you know, also SF is we drove a U-Haul midweek and we happened to park it right outside our apartment complex and it happened to be street sweeping day which does not exist in Encinitas so we didn't even think to look for some street sweeping sign and street sweeping is only once per week on most streets and between like you know one or two hours and so just by chance we happened to park the U-Haul in the street sweeping spot during the street sweeping time also during that specific two minute window when the street sweeping woman, the, what's it called? The like, I, I want to say guard, but it's not guard. What What's the word? I just call her the mean enforcer. She was not very nice. Yeah, the, the enforcer. <laughs> um, anyway, street sweeping cop happens to come by when you're going to get our movers some coffee and I happen to be in the bathroom. And so she comes up to our movers and she's like, what is this? Like, you need to get out of the way. This is how I'm imagining it because I'm in the bathroom and you're getting coffee. And then the movers scramble to go find us in our not so big apartment and they can't find us for some reason. And then eventually I get out of the bathroom and they're like, we've been looking for you. There's this woman outside. And then I come down and she's raging, like truly, like, (laughs) I think I haven't seen someone that angry in probably the last decade. And she's like, what is this? Like, get out of the way. And then 
you had the car key, I think, or I didn't know how to move a U-Haul. And then, so I had, I'm like, my husband's coming and then you come running and I'm like, you got to move it. And she's like, you got to move it right now. Like if you don't move this right now, she was like threatening. She's like, has her hand out ready to write the ticket. So you jump in and you just start moving the U-Haul and because she didn't give us any time to do it, the back is open and we just see it. She's like driving next to you too, like making sure you keep moving. And then I just see you and I call you and I'm like, uh, Cal, the back is open and I can see this Billy bookcase that we have topple over. <laughs> Luckily, it just toppled over in the U-Haul. And then you're like, I'm about to, hit, uh, there's a hill ahead of me. Like, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> Uh, and, and anyway, that was just, I've truly never seen someone so angry, but then I saw the same woman at a shoe store three weeks later and she was very friendly to her, I don't know, her friends, but anyway. Yeah. City life, city life. (laughs) Yeah. That, that was a, a tough entrance after having driven all the way from San Diego, just through the night and actually just being totally unaware that something like street sweeping exists. <laughs> um, oh man. Well, I think we, actually we didn't get yeah, a ticket. We did not get a ticket. But I'd like to maybe end on another story that I think communicates this idea of community friendliness that is just special. Like that first night we moved in, we were unpacking and all this and we saw and really engage with people, but some friends knew we were in the city and like were excited. And one of those friends, like a guy shows up at the door with a bag he's like are you calvin and i'm like who are you <laughs> turns out to just be <laughs> just I, was like, I was like maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i'm a little paranoid from back in my orlando days as a kid but it's just like a, a doordash guy and i open the bag and it's it's just these delicious boba teas and it turns out one of our friends mark had sent us boba just as a welcoming gift And I think it was just a highlight of, oh, there's people in the city who know who we are, who care about us, and who sent us some damn boba that was tasty on the day we moved in. That was like the thing that was more important than people saying hello in the streets, I guess, (laughs) as I walked around. Though, I, you know, to the credit of San Francisco, I have had some days now where I will get people to say good morning to me. They'll do like a tiny smile, like just like the corner of their their mouth will perk up. And you're like, yeah, most of the. Most of the time I'm I'm still getting shut down and and weird looks from people, but I think I've I found a way to put off friendly enough vibes that other people who are looking for that are are doing that. <laughs> but it's definitely <laughs> still not the norm. All right. Well, if you happen to see Calvin around, give him a smile. Hopefully not too much of a smile. <laughs> Don't scare him away. Anyway, I think I think we should close things off. We are now in SF. We we hope to keep running this podcast, especially because it feels like we've got some new creative energy and excitement around the things we're learning, seeing, doing. If you made it this far, thanks for listening. All right. Until next time.